Hezbollah threatens Israel that if they don't stop the war in Gaza by 3 p.m. tomorrow, there will be consequences. And Russia's Wagner Group to supply Hezbollah with air defense. So who's paying them to get involved? And many are suggesting the conflict in Israel is Armageddon or the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. We'll discuss all of this and more today on The End Time Show. Welcome to The End Time Show. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're so happy you've joined us today. There's a whole lot to talk about and uh, plenty to tell you about Israel and what's happening there. And we will get to that. Uh, before we do, Doug, you got your backyard butcher box a few weeks ago. I know you fired up your grill. What'd you think? Uh, Vince, I was very impressed. You know me, I'm a T-bone guy, so I got the T-bones and I got We got a, a photo of it, too. I know. Look did. at these grill marks. Did Tina do that or was that you? No, dude, that is all me right oh, there. Oh, my I word, I am the grill huh? master at my house. I need you to have, a, I need you to have it over <laughs> my house. That T-bone turned out really good. I also have, you can't really tell in that picture, but there's a little bit of what was left of the filet mignon. Uh, you can't uh, see a lot of it. There's about a bite on my plate yeah, because okay. my wife devoured that bad boy. She thought those were amazing, so... I am a fan, and we will be ordering a box of our own. Well, there you go. Yeah. Looks good. Good job on the grill, Doug. Thank you. Backyardbutcher.com. They're delivering American-raised and harvested meat from right here in our American backyards to dinner tables across our nation. You can cut out the frustration from the meat aisle and go to backyardbutcher.com and save an extra 20% off your entire order by using the code End time, or you can go to backyardbutchers.com slash end time with over a half a million happy customers across America and an American-based customer service team of stay-at-home moms like my wife that make sure your orders are delivered right on time every single month. So go to backyardbutcher.com slash end time and get 20% off your entire order today. Doug, that's very convenient as well because there was a time when you would go to the grocery store and there wouldn't be meat in the meat aisle. Mm-hmm. due to supply chain issues so yes, you're not going to get that with them so check no. them out and they're they're good slices of meat too Vince I mean they don't they don't mess around <laughs> and and you're you are a meat guy anyway, I really so. am yeah so you're a great spokesperson for a meat company <laughs> there um, you go now Hezbollah Doug before we get into this yeah we've got a special guest right here in studio with yes, us we do but Hezbollah threatens Israel, and uh-huh. we're going to talk about it for a minute. In a minute, yeah. But first, we want to sh- we want to put a face with a voice that you all have heard, yeah, for years at this point. John from Tennessee shows up here out of nowhere. I guess <laughs> Doug knew he was coming, yeah. And uh, he comes walking in yesterday, and I'm like, I didn't see him, but I heard him, and I said, I know that voice, yeah. John, come on, on. I, I, we didn't. Uh, we didn't mic him up, but we we don't have a mic. He's got that deep voice. Our production yeah, team didn't know he here. was coming on, but yeah, John, come right here, brother. Look at this, John from Tennessee. How John about from it? Tennessee. Me. Listen to that voice. This is just the same voice you've been hearing every time I call in. <laughs> Man, it's so good to have you here in Dallas. This has been an incredible two days. Well, it has been an incredible two days. Are, are we are we real people here? Absolutely, what do you think of the totally end time team really, so far? Absolutely real, completely on the ball. God led Jesus following people. Amen. Well, we had lunch with John and his wonderful wife, Laura, uh, today, and they've just been hanging out with us. They're part of 
the uh, as we prepared for the show we're throwing ideas by them and see what's happened it's been a it's been a great time with you john we don't want you to leave well it's i gotta go home (laughs) (laughs) all right john well he's watching in studio we're so glad to have you here uh we appreciate it and unfortunately we'll be able to call in today but maybe during the break you can throw some stuff our way yeah Yeah. all right if if you do have a question just yell it out from over there there you go yell it out that's fine that'll work (laughs) there you go all right doug so Hezbollah threatens Israel if you don't stop the war in Gaza by 3 p.m. tomorrow. That'll be, what do we figure out here in Dallas? I think it's uh, 8 a.m., 7 a.m. 7 a.m. our time, yeah. 7 a.m. tomorrow, central time. If the war in Gaza does not stop, Mm -hmm. Hezbollah says there will be consequences. Yeah, and remember, uh, Vince, Hezbollah is in Lebanon. I think that we were going to try to pull a map up. Let's see, do we have our map? That is not it. Let's see. While they're working There's on that. There's the map. While they're working on that, comment John from Tennessee if that wasn't there an awesome go. treat. Yeah. Uh, we love all the regulars that call in and watch, and I forgot to tell everybody to do that. Comment John from Tennessee. Yep. All right. The Absolutely. map, Hezbollah. The map. There it is. So this kind of gives you an idea. Of, you can see at the very top up there, the northern part of Israel is Lebanon, uh, right next to Syria. So now we're talking about not only the little thin strip down there, the Gaza Strip that you see uh, that would be to the left of uh, Israel. It's actually right there in the uh, Mediterranean Sea, the Gulf there uh, that borders along Egypt. Is That's where the main front, the main focus of the war has been. But now, remember just the other day, Vince, uh, they were saying that there were some missiles launched from Lebanon by Hezbollah into Israel. Well, now Hezbollah is saying that they have grouped so much now that they are prepared uh, to threaten Israel, that if they don't stop, there's going to be consequences. And remember also to the south there, uh, is where Yemen is. And Yemen, the other day, we talked about uh, how the Houthis have also gathered together their troops and they're talking about, uh, you know, if this continues to increase, that they'll move troops in to fight Israel as well. So we're watching Israel slowly be kind of uh, lassoed in. And what Dave talked about the other day, that ring of fire. Uh, so we're kind of starting to watch that happen. And, and I think I saw yesterday... Correct me if I'm wrong, but Yemen is has officially declared war against Israel as well, right? Mm-hmm. And they're yes. funded by Iran. Yes. They're the ones that shot missiles toward Israel that were believed to be toward Israel right. that the United States warship intercepted just yeah. just a few weeks ago. Absolutely. So and so uh, developing stories as I mean these are brand new because these came out even I mean after the program had already been put together. This yeah. is breaking news that we got today. So this about Hezbollah, but then uh, what we also saw was that the U.S. Russia's uh, Wagner Group is now saying that they will supply Hezbollah with an air defense system. Now, the Wagner Group, this is the guy that had the leader that they um, they started marching towards Moscow. Yeah. And then they were defeated and then released. And then the Leader was in a plane that was supposedly shot down. Absolutely. Or the plane was definitely shot down. He was mm-hmm. supposedly on it. Yeah. Turns out he wasn't on it. Is Am I remembering all this correctly? Yeah, I believe you're right. And so he is alive or he's not alive? At this point, I think that he is alive, but the, the Wagner group is very much alive. I guess the way that you say that is Wagner group. Uh, yes. We, we kind of say it with their with our American tongue, but it's pronounced a little different. But basically what this is, Vince, is 
it's a militia group okay. uh, that has been fighting fronts all over the Middle East into some of the African nations and things like that. So they're kind of guns for hire. So if if they get pulled into this, we're not really fighting against Russia. It's not really like, okay, now the U.S. is fighting against Russia, but it is putting another player on the field. And one of the reasons why this air support that they're giving or these, these air defense systems that they're giving Hezbollah are important is because one of our main ways of fighting from those carriers are from launching uh, like the Tomahawk missiles and torpedoes like that that will fly into that area and they'll be able to shoot those down with these air defense missiles. And also, they'll be able to shoot at airplanes as well. Of course... Um, now, now, is is this Russia? <coughs> this is not Russia, but this is a Russian militia group. Okay, so the threat of this being, I guess, it's not as heavy as it would be if, if Russia was saying this. Yeah, absolutely not. But, uh, you know, Russia, they're allies with Iran also. And so... When you're a gun for hire, though, Vince, you know, you'll work <clears throat> for any price. You'll do whatever you have to do. And so uh, that's basically where we're at with these guys, I think, is they've just been hired, and they'll work for that amount of money and do whatever they need to do. And we don't know who has hired them or who is paying them. Right. Though, <clears throat> as John and Laura from Tennessee uh, pointed out while we were talking about the show um, this afternoon, if they're involved, one of the questions that comes into uh, to mind is who is paying them? Yeah. And so we don't know that today. It would be interesting to know. Of course, people would lean towards Iran, mm -hmm. but we have no information to say that with confidence. Right. And, I mean, <clears throat> we say that we couldn't really say that with confidence, but it's almost like... Who else would you say? Yeah, you have to eliminate people at some point. And since we don't have receipts, right? We do not have that. But we've got Iran, who has done many different drone attacks on our uh, military bases over there already, and now they're talking about uh, this Wagner group coming in and helping Hezbollah. Hezbollah making these threats to move into Israel. Remember, also the other day, Turkey. Uh, said that they're opposed to what Israel's doing and that they could easily get involved with this, especially if America keeps on persisting the way that we are. They talked about America trying to push a new crusade. So we're, we're watching things, uh, continue to worsen as the days go on. Uh, we've even got many of the, uh, nations that are, were in support of Israel at one point saying, now, look, enough is enough. Uh, you can you can stop now, stop and stop going further into Gaza and, and killing more and more people. So uh, it's almost like instead of Israel gaining uh, support and momentum, they're losing it. And we've continued to see pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas demonstrations happen. Yeah. Not just around the world, but even right here in the United States. Yeah. Even right here in uh, the state of Texas. Our friends actually... At First Cup Coffee, they have a physical location in Pearland, Texas. Yesterday, check this picture out. A pro-Palestine protest broke out inside of their coffee shop. This is First Cup Coffee. Uh, we've got a photo here. You can see where they vandalized the windows. Um, they've painted a flag there. There were they they. Uh, there's all sorts of messaging on that window, so you have to be watching to to see that. But they had to get the police involved. And then in addition to that, they got tons of hate on Google reviews. 
when they told me this, the first thing I asked them was, uh, is this a result of the end time uh, show or not? Uh, they don't think so, but how awesome would it be to give them some positive feedback? So I just thought I'd shout them out uh, today. If you're in the Houston Pearland area in Texas, go look up First Cup and go show them some love in person at their coffee shop there. Of course, you can do it online. Go to firstcup.com. If you use code ENDTIME, you'll get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll actually give you another 10% off if you use that code. And while you're at it, you can go to Google and give them a five-star review. Uh, that would really boost the morale there for the team at First Cup in Pearland, Texas. So go to firstcup.com and be sure to use the code ENDTIME. Uh, to get 10% off today. Can you believe that picture when I sent it to you, Doug? Uh, no, I I was very shocked and, and confused a little bit, too, because I didn't... You thought they... Yeah. I, I'm like, wait a second. Are they saying these things because it was written on their windows, Free Palestine, like almost as if they were advertising that on their window. But what had happened was these protesters came in and wrote on their window, on their glass of their building, right. uh, these messages... And, you know, what's really, I guess I, it should not shock me that it happened here in Texas because we have the southern border that's basically been open to anybody that's wanted to come over because mm -hmm. of this administration we have right now. And we don't know how many people we have let in. And I've even been told before that one of the biggest terror camps there are in the United States is actually down in Katy, Texas, mm. which is not far from uh, Pearland. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, I guess. To see this kind of support and, and, uh, this kind of protest, uh, for a, you know, especially a Christian organization because they know that Christians support Israel. Most Christians do. And so, um, I guess I shouldn't be as surprised, but living in Texas, I don't, I didn't ever think I'd see this, Vince. Well, they are Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, some of their prophets go towards missions and they are very mission minded. Yeah. And so when things like this happen, that, prevents them from being able to do everything that God is wanting them to do. Yeah. Um, however, uh, nothing can stand against God and what he wants to do. So right. uh, we know that everything is going to be fine there at First Cup. And um, boy, it would be awesome to help boost their morale yeah, in the process. Um, so that has continued to happen. Uh, things like that have continued to happen in the U.S. And even Iran now, they're threatening Israel and Turkey. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about Yemen. We've talked about um, the Wagner Group from Russia. We've talked about Gaza a little bit today. It's coming at Israel from all ends, and now Turkey gets more involved. So mm -hmm. what's going on there? Well, I mean, I guess the biggest thing that we need to think about with this situation is that this is the Ayatollah who's gone in there, uh, who has, has said things about... Israel talking about Hezbollah, talking about uh, what's going on in Gaza. And now we've got the uh, Iranian. So originally it was Ayatollah who said something on TV there in uh, Turkey. But now we've got the Iranian foreign minister. His name is Hossein Amir. I don't even know how to say that last name. Abdelanian. But anyway, Wednesday, he made a threat to Israel during a visit to Turkey. So Turkey, like we said, they're already uh, threatening Israel as well, threatening the United States as well. And then it, uh, what he said was, if 
if it's taken to be seriously, it could indicate that Iran is pulling together a proxy of groups. So Iran is pulling together Hezbollah, the Houthis in Yemen, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the uh, militants of Iraq and Syria to escalate the threats against Israel. So what, what we're seeing is more of what we talked about before. This is the jihad that they talked about uh, two weeks ago. And they're talking about this is uh, going to be, this article actually calls it, a, it Iran's full court press. Mm. So it's like they are ready to attack and unite these forces, not only against Israel, Vince, but the threat was made also to the United States of America. So you know what we believe uh, from Bible prophecy in Revelation twelve fourteen is that the eagle's wings are symbolic of the United States of America and that we are there helping Israel dear in the uh, great tribulation. Well, like we talked about the other day, this has kind of been a precursor to that. We've seen tribulation there in Israel like we've never seen it before, but we know in the end time, in the last uh, final seven years, it's going to be worse than even what we've witnessed up to this point. So you say that um, the U.S. is going to stand there with Israel. Mm -hmm. But when I look at our government right now, um, not just the Biden administration, but when right. I look at Congress and, you know, really around many states, I don't see that support as heavily as I would expect. It. Yeah. So what do I do with that? Well, OK, so. When we see things, remember we've talked about this before, Vince, and we've had people ask questions like that before. Just like right now, it doesn't look like Russia is going to be the feed of that international community that we see in Revelation 13, 1 and 2. But we know from Scripture that they will be. And so we know things are going to have to change where Russia is going to end up getting more involved in the U.N. But we're also going to see the U.S. get less involved with the U.N., I believe. Um, you know, the other day we had Sean Hannity uh, call out on Fox News that America needed to boot the UN out of our country because they are anti-American, they're anti-Israel. And also, you know, as we look at the decline of our country and the support that America used to have at one point and the veto power we had within the UN, we're beginning to lose that kind of, uh, veto power we had or that kind of support that we had at one time. And so his suggestion was because of things like, uh, the Paris Climate Agreement, the WHO, and some of the other factors there within the UN uh, that are causing problems throughout the world, that maybe it's time that the U.S. just kicked the UN completely out of our state or out of our country. And so we, we could see something like that happen. There are elections coming up in a year from now. Uh, so, you know, I mean, we, we could see uh, a change within our um, presidential candidates and, and whoever comes in as president next. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings accounts continue to lose value because we are talking about opening up a gold IRA, right? Is that where we're at? Birch Gold, yes. Yeah. Okay, so with every 10,000... Jim's going to make his debut on the show There you today. go. Hello, Jim. <laughs> this is our audio engineer. There you go. Thanks, Jim. All right, and so for every 10000 you spend by that. December... Twenty second, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Visit birchgold.com slash end time to claim the eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an, an existing IRA or 401k into gold IRA for no money out of pocket and you still get the free gold bars. 
So don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Visit birchgoldcom slash time and receive a free info kit on gold and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Doug, I might just go home. Maybe no, my mic no, no, doesn't no. work, Please man. don't. Uh, maybe my maybe my maybe the Lord is done with me for today. <laughs> I don't think so, uh, Vince. We got that technical problem taken care of. Well, we're so. about to find out. I don't yeah. know if it, it's All taken right. care of or not, but. <laughs> All right. Well, let's these things on. happen in real they life. They do. So this it is, is what it is. Live, live uh, studio. Now I did see again. Um, Hamas is saying they're going to repeat October seventh again and again. Yeah. How terrifying is that? That's pretty terrifying when you think about. So, like I said earlier, when you think about uh, the tribulation and what. Uh, that could look like. And we saw a little bit of that on October 7th. And remember, Vince, because this is one of the things that is being repeated in our media over and over, is that it's almost like they've forgotten what October 7th was about. And they're concentrating on innocent people being killed in Gaza. But remember, the people of Gaza had opportunity to flee. Israel told them, you know, they needed to flee to the southern part of the country to, to get out of Gaza to go into Egypt. Egypt finally allowed them to come in and then they begin their bombing. Then they begin their uh, coming into uh, the ground invasion and things like that. That didn't start until they gave them fair warning. So people had fair warning to get out. But now it's almost as if things have shifted and the world is only seeing what Israel's doing. They're not thinking back to the horrible tragedies we saw. And I don't know, Vince, do you remember the day that we showed the footage of the young German lady that was in the back of the white pickup truck. And, and I told you, to me, she looked dead because your body didn't move the way her body was in that. And yeah, I think it was October 10th or 11th. It would have been Tuesday after all right. this. And then they claim, no, she's alive. But now we found out, no, she's dead. So think about how they were parading her body around. People were standing in the streets, running up to the vehicle, punching that body as it laid in the back of that car, dead or alive and celebrating the death of these people. Uh, they were celebrating that women were being raped, that children were being killed, that they were being decapitated. All these things they were cheering on, and the world has forgot about this, but Hamas is saying, oh, we're going to keep doing it. This is not going to end. We're going to have an October 7th every chance we get until we destroy Israel completely. Doug, I, I read a story today where uh, a boy, teenager, went out for a run, and when he got home, his whole family had been slaughtered mm. in their homes, like apparently a long distance runner. And by the time he made it back, wow. all this had happened and he just ran into it. And so this is what they're saying they're going to repeat again and again. And yeah. I see where um, I, I think the three top Hamas leaders are worth three to five billion dollars with a B. That's like more that, that's wealthier than Taylor Swift, uh, wealthier than a lot of athletes, wealthier than a lot of people that our common names in right. our culture, these three Hamas leaders are worth more than they uh, people like that are. They're taking this money that they're being given for humanitarian efforts mm -hmm. and obviously um, benefiting from it greatly on a personal yeah. level. Yeah, well, I mean, there were even reports, too, as people were trying to flee Gaza into Egypt that uh, snipers... Hamas snipers were shooting people as they're trying to get out of the country. So they're, they're killing their own people. The wealth that's being 
distributed into that area, especially by our country, because our country has given them a lot of money. That money has is not reaching the people. If you've ever been to Israel and you see the difference between Tel Aviv and Gaza, there's a huge difference because Israel is building buildings that are, you know, beautiful and elaborate and all this. But in Gaza, they're just making things that it almost looks like a third world country in Gaza, even though they're right there and they're neighbors with Israel, but they have all the benefits that they need. They're getting the money supplied to them that they need. One of the things about the Peace for Prosperity agreement was that if Gaza and the Palestinians would make peace with Israel, they would have almost, I I can't remember what they called it, but it was like a paradise on the coast. Mm -hmm. Like it would be like a Las Vegas. uh, Dubai, I I saw. Yeah. Yeah. And so they said they would have those kind of riches, those kind of treasures, and they would be an elaborate area where tourists would want to go and visit if they would just be civil toward Israel and, and be part of the peace agreement, that that area could be redone, reconstructed, and it could be a resort area that people would want to go and spend time there. But instead of choosing that, they've, they've chosen that they want to go in and, and destroy all the Israelis, kill all the Jewish people. So this is, this is the mentality that's there, and yet they keep making the threats that this is what's going to happen and that they're just going to continue to do this until the existence of Israel is completely wiped off the face of the earth. How does that stir your soul? Like when you think about what they've done. Can you done, not tell? Well, I'm like, <laughs> Am I not being passionate enough I'm just right wondering now? what happens to oh, how you process that information as a Christian man that, that doesn't want to see this type of thing happen. How, how, do, how do you process that? Well, you, you know, Vince, we have friends um that live in israel that are trying to reach the palestinian people you were talking to them this morning Mm -hmm. i guess we'll give an update about that we're we're not we don't have enough time right now but after the break we'll give an update about so so there's there's people that want to live in and coexist with the palestinian people and and not only that but want to share the gospel of the kingdom of jesus christ with them and want them to have the same opportunity to hear the gospel as everybody else in the world they don't hate these people they love these people and they have to live side by side with them but we continue to see Hamas, who is a hate group, and I'm not speaking, they don't speak for all the Palestinian people because we know Palestinian people too. Uh, and Palestinian people that are good people that, you know, love other people and don't want to see this kind of war. If Israel were to have a two-state solution uh, with the Palestinian people in the West Bank, who would control the West Bank? If Hamas controls Gaza, would it be somebody worse controlling the West Bank? And that's the big question now. It's a scary thought, and it's something that, you know, they face on a daily basis as they try to figure this out day by day in this war. Absolutely. Well, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with that update from Dave's conversation with folks in Israel, or actually Doug's conversation, <laughs> folks in Israel this morning. So we'll be right back after this break. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. 
They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. understand Bible prophecy. Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back to the End Time Show. Vince Seagal here with Doug Norvell. We're talking about Islam, Israel, and Armageddon. We haven't got to the Armageddon part. Many of you are wanting to know, is this Armageddon? Is this Ezekiel 38? We're going to address that here momentarily. Uh, before we do, I want to remind you that we need your help sharing this video, commenting, hearting the video. We love it instead of just doing a blue thumbs up. That helps break through the algorithms and get to your friends and family, get the message out. It's free to do, so stop what you're doing right now and hit share, comment. Actually, pray for Doug. He's got a little bit of the sickness that I had a few days ago, and uh, it's not great. So comment, pray for Doug, if you'll join me in praying for Doug, and that he will recover quickly. Um, also, Dave and Jana Robbins will be in Thibodeau, Louisiana next week. So be sure to make plans to attend that if you're in the Thibodeau area. You ever been to Thibodeau, Doug? I have not, but I like that word. I like Thibodeau. I like the way it sounds. <laughs> okay. You going? <laughs> I don't think I'll be going, but man, the Thibodeau, that just sounds fun to say. There you go. And right. good luck spelling it. I know. Uh, Thibodeau, Louisiana. Go to endtime.com slash events. You can meet Dave and Jana Robbins for a conference there. We're going to have a great time here in about a week and a half. So mm -hmm. check that out. All right, Doug, um, you were going to give an update about your conversation with a whole group of Jews this morning. Yeah. Um, so we launched Jerusalem Prophecy College. We have a campus there. Yeah. People gather every week. This morning you taught that class right here from our studios. And yeah. what did you, yeah, so, uh, what'd they say? Well, that was the first time that we've actually had the class meet since all this started. Since our tour when we were there. Yeah, right? since the tour. And so uh, the last time that anybody was at the college, I guess, was when Dave did the program from there before all this started. And so, or after all of it started, I guess. Uh, but anyway, this morning the class came together as they normally do there in Jerusalem. And uh, as we were talking, I, I wanted to know their perspective of the things that were going on. And so uh, the folks in the class were sharing with me some of the things that were happening. And of course, this is kind of how we have to, to go into uh, a situation like this with uh, 
you know, they're very cautious about everything that they're seeing right now. And their heads are always looking around them to make sure that they're safe. But they were telling me that most of the stores are closed down unless they're Arab run stores because of the fact that all of the Jewish people that own stores are away fighting. And so this is one of the things that happens with Israel. Everybody is kind of a reserve in Israel. Once you live in Israel, everybody's required to go through the military. So the men go through four years of military training. The women go through two years of military training uh, as a basic. And then, of course, if they want to make a career out of it, they go longer. But uh, everyone then is placed on reserve because of a situation like this where Israel's surrounded by their enemies and they all become military uh, fighters if needed. And so that is where we're at right now. And so some of the people uh, in the class that aren't qualified to be in the military because of age or, or other reasons, they're not in the military. They were telling me that it's very strange right now there because of the fact that uh, you you don't have stores that are open. The Palestinian stores are the only ones that's open. They have to go to these stores and they have to uh, meet with these people. And they say that all the store owners, they, they are very friendly to them. They're not uh, angry. They're not screaming and hollering at them. But, you know, they they still have to be cautious because they don't know what their true intentions are. One person told me that they were on the bus the other day and the alarms go off, the missile sirens go off. The bus driver pulls over under an overpass and tells everybody to exit the bus. They huddle into an overpass and they all get in there until the sirens subside. And once they subside, they get them back on the bus and they travel again. So this is the way they're living their life right now. They never know uh, when they're going to be in danger or not. And, and simply just coming to the school, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say much about the school because I don't want to give too much away about it, but just coming there puts them in danger, right. you know? And so, uh, they're, they're eager and hungry and anxious to learn. And so, uh, we had a really great class this morning. And as they're sharing these things, one of the things that was shared with me, which was really, it was touching because, uh, one, one of the people there that are our very dear friends, um, they are involved with, uh, effort for taking blankets and toothpaste and food and things to the soldiers. And they were at a, a camp at a base. And he said that the soldiers were singing in Hebrew. And he said he could tell his, his Hebrew's not good enough to tell every word that was being said. Uh, but he said it's good enough to where I could hear them talk of God. Mm. And he said, when they got through singing, he said, I, I went up to him and I said, hey, what were you guys singing just now? They were singing Psalm 91 mm. and they were singing it verbatim to the psalm. And so, uh, you know, he said it was beautiful to hear them all, all these soldiers just singing the psalm. And even though he didn't know every word they were seeing, saying, he could hear the word of God being escalated and sing out over the area. And he said, it's amazing because they understand that God's hand is on Israel and it's helping protect them. And, uh, and so it was encouraging hearing that from him. Uh, you know, he, he being, uh, somebody who is, is not Jewish of descent as far as, you know, he wasn't raised there. He's over there helping in time. And, uh, and like I said, he's helping with relief efforts and things like that. And he just said how amazing it is because the people there, uh, it's like they've been unified mm -hmm. and it's like they're one big family and everybody, uh, loves everybody over there right now. And it's, it's kind of like, I guess you could think of it as the way it was here after 9-11. It was like, it seemed like America just unified. So anyway, that's kind of the update from them. 
uh, right now. And, you know, they're just going about business as, as usual as they can. So we've been following this conflict in Israel and uh, with Gaza, the Gaza war. Yeah. People think this is Ezekiel 38, Doug. Yeah. Especially as more nations come against Israel. Right. Is this Ezekiel 38? And don't give me the Kamala <laughs> and the Joe Biden answer. No. Don't just tell me don't. Right. I you need want me more to look close in the camera and say, I want you to look the don't. people in the eye yeah. Yeah, and whisper something. Right, right. Well, and here's the thing, Vince, because we, we've got to understand things because there are a lot of people out there right now that are teaching this is Ezekiel 38 and 39. You know, we anytime something like this happens, everybody that's got a TikTok page or Twitter page or all them other things. That, Basically everyone. Yeah. They get out there and they start saying things and, and what they believe. But when you look at Ezekiel 38 and 39 and you compare it with other scriptures of the Bible, it lets us know that this is not that war. Okay. So hear me closely. It's not that war, but I'm not going to. This is not Ezekiel 38. It's not. And, and I'm, I'm not just going to leave everybody there. I want to kind of walk them through a few things. Okay. Because there is ways to, to help this, to help people understand where I think a lot of people get confused, Vince, is that Ezekiel 38 uses Old Testament names of countries and nations. Okay. And so I think a lot of people think that that's different than the Battle of Armageddon. Okay. But it's, it's not. And here's how we know. So I'm just going to hit some highlights here. But um, there's a whole lot to this that really one day we probably just need to do a program just about Ezekiel 38 and 39. But today, because of time, we're just going to kind of go through some of this. So Ezekiel 38, um, 18, it talks about the fury of God. So it says, my fury shall come up in my face. Okay. In 19, we hear what the fury of God is, the jealousy in the fire of my wrath. So this is the wrath of God. And then it says, surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. Now, does that mean literally shaking or? Yeah, we're going to see that that means a literal shaking. An earthquake is what God's talking about there. Okay. So then when you go into verse 20, this is one of those ways we know this. It says that the men of the, of the earth, uh, everything that creeps upon the earth and the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at the, at the presence and the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall. And every wall shall fall to the ground. So when we hear the shaking and we hear mountains are going to fall, it's talking about an earthquake. That's talking about a literal shaking and an earthquake. Okay. So the other thing, as you go through that, another thing that it talks about in Ezekiel 38, and this is verse 22, it says, And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood, and I'll rain upon him and upon the bands and upon many people that are with him an overflowing rain and great hailstone and fire and brimstone. So now we've got an earthquake, we got mountains falling, and we got hailstones. Okay? Then he says, And the whole world will know that I am the Lord. So God is going to make himself known. Now, Vince, when we look at scripture like Revelation chapter 6, and we look at the sixth seal. We can see a lot of what Jesus just talked about in uh, Ezekiel, or what Ezekiel penned in Ezekiel 38, is the same thing that we talk about when we talk about Jesus coming back to the earth. So I'm going to let you just kind of go through Revelation 6 there and give us the highlights. And as Vince talks about these highlights that I've highlighted here, think about what we just talked about. Earthquakes, 
mountains being removed, God being known, and hailstones. All right, Revelation 6, starting in verse 12. There was a great earthquake. We just mentioned a shaking. Right. Verse 13 says, stars of heaven fell onto the earth. Verse 14 highlights every mountain and island were moved out of their place. 15 mentions the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves. 16 says, hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. 17 says, for the great day of his wrath is come. Who shall be able to stand? So Ezekiel 38 and the return of Jesus Christ to the earth right there, it all lines up. There's parallels. There's earthquake. When you think about stars falling from the sky, you're thinking about hell storms, right? Because you're going to see these great fiery hell stones coming down. And John... Hell or like asteroids? Well, see, that's what we can look at because as we get further into this, we'll see that these hailstones are giant. And John was looking at it as the stars falling from the sky. But you think about what it's going to look like. The Bible says there's no sun, no moon, and the stars don't give their light that day. But the stars fall from the sky and they're fiery hailstones. When you see a comet come, which is debris from space, it's a fiery glow coming through the air. Everybody's seen that. And so John is describing what he sees. Ezekiel was describing what he saw. Okay. So we're seeing the same exact thing. Now in Revelation 16, which we also know is the second coming of Jesus Christ, is uh, the seventh seal or the seventh vial. I'm sorry. And so in that place in Revelation 16, there's highlights of the same things happening. Okay, so in Revelation 16, 18, we got a great earthquake. In 20, islands and mountains fled away. And in 21, great hell out of heaven. Each stone weighed about a talent. That's about 100 pounds. And so I guess when we come back from this next break, we'll kind of break it down a little more. All right, is this Ezekiel 38? We'll discuss more on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity Die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com UET. Go to endtime.com UET or call 800-END-TIME. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. 
This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back to the End Time Show. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're talking about Islam, Israel, and Armageddon. Many wonder if this conflict in Israel, in Gaza, is not the battle of Armageddon. Ezekiel 38, they're asking us these questions. Prophecy teachers around the world are teaching that this could be it. Some are proclaiming that it is. So we're talking about that amongst many other things today. So Doug, is this Ezekiel 38? I know you've already said no, right. and then we've explained why. Yeah. So we've hit Ezekiel 38, obviously, Revelation 6, mm -hmm. and Revelation 16, and then you kind of got hit with the break there, and we had to cut you off. So, yeah, so where do we go from here? So we'll have to kind of move quickly because I want to try to explain a little bit more about this. But in Zechariah 14 also, we know Zechariah 14 is speaking of the battle of Armageddon as well. And so in Zechariah 14, it talks about, in the very first verse, it talks about spoils. It says that the day of the Lord cometh. Now notice, Vince, the day of the Lord and what the day of the Lord is. Every time you look up the day of the Lord, it's the day that the Lord comes back. It's when He comes back and we're gathered together to Him. Uh, Paul talks about it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 and 2. And then uh, he mentions here, And thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee, speaking to the nations that come against Israel. Then he talks about a lot about what we saw the other day on October 7th, that this, the houses are rifled, the women will be ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off. So we know from those scriptures that when these nations come down, it's the same nations that are in Revelation 13, that when they come down, that um, Israel will lose half of the city. That's how we've always understood that Israel will remain, uh, Jerusalem will remain its capital until the Battle of Armageddon. Well, in Ezekiel 38, God also speaks of this same spoil. And so if you'll read the highlighted of Ezekiel 38 there for us, Vince. All right, to take a spoil, to take a prey 
Art thou come to take a spoil, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? Okay, so once again, the Battle of Armageddon from, from Zechariah 14 and then Ezekiel 38 speaks the same thing. Now back to those earthquakes because Zechariah 14 also speaks of an earthquake. So if you can read the highlighted spaces there for us. Now, Zechariah 14... Are you going to tell us what that means after I read it, or are yeah, we, are we we'll, going here? Yeah, these are earthquakes. Now we're outlining the earthquakes that happen at the Battle of Armageddon. Okay, so the highlight here is the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south, and ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel, yea, ye shall flee like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, Lord my God shall come, and the saints with thee. Okay, so this is letting us know that when Jesus comes back, that this great earthquake that's mentioned in Ezekiel 38, it's mentioned in Revelation 16, that this is that same earthquake. When Jesus' feet hit the ground at the Mount of Olives, the, the earth is going to shift. And here's some of those things, once again, Ezekiel 38, 19, it says, In that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. So right there it tells us the great shaking is in Israel. That's where the Mount of Olives are. And your highlights, Zechariah 14 is talking about the return of the Lord. That's right. And so the, therefore... With the, with the saints with them. So we know that's the Battle of Armageddon. So Ezekiel 38 is the Battle of Armageddon. Yes. And this is part of why we aren't here yet. The Lord has not returned. That's right. And you're not looking for him uh, this year. No, because we'll talk about that in a minute, the things that we need to look at. And so in Joel chapter 2 is also speaking of uh, the return of Jesus Christ and this war. And it says in Joel 2, 10, it says, And the earth shall shake before them, and the heavens shall tremble. And this is how we know it's talking about the same thing. The sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. The same thing from Revelation chapter 6, where it talks about the same earthquake. Then once again in Revelation chapter 6, here it is, just so everybody remembers, along with those uh, the sun and the stars and the moon being in Revelation 6, if you'll read that for us. Um, Revelation 6 here? Revelation 6, 12. Uh, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell into the earth. Okay, and then Revelation 16, once again, this earthquake, it says that this is 16 in verse 18, and there was a great earthquake such as was not seen since men were upon the earth, so mighty the earthquake, and so great. And the city was divided into three parts. Now remember in Zechariah 14, we hear when Jesus' feet touched the Mount of Olives that the city begins to be shifted into different parts and it talks about this great divide in the land. And so that's the same, the same earthquake. Uh, the next thing, it talks about the hailstones. So we talked about that. I'm not gonna go there right now because of time. I wanna jump now to Ezekiel 39 and Revelation 19 because these two parallel perfectly with the the supper of the great God, okay, or the sacrifice of the great God. So Ezekiel 39, if you'll read that for starting in 17. 
All right, again, just reading some highlights here. Speaking to every feathered fowl and to every beast of the field, assemble yourselves and come gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice that I do sacrifice for you, even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel, that ye may eat flesh and drink blood. You shall eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams, of lambs, of goats, and of bullocks, of all them uh, fatlings of Bashan. And down to twenty, uh, verse 20, Thus ye shall be filled at my table with horses and chariots, with mighty men, and with all men of war, saith the Lord God. And then in Revelation 19 events, we see the same event. Remember, he's talking to the birds of the air, the beast of the field. And in Revelation 19, 17, it says, Saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and them that set on them and the flesh of all men, free and bond, both small and great. So this is the exact same uh, thing happening in Ezekiel 39 and Revelation 19, the battle of Armageddon. And so those things have not begun to happen yet, right? We need to help everybody understand as we get ready to, to kind of wrap a little bit of this up is this is not that war because we haven't had a peace agreement yet. We're not in the final seven years. We haven't seen the Antichrist. He hasn't made a covenant. He hasn't broken that covenant by... Some, some say yes. Yes, yeah, some, some do say that something uh, to do with the Pope and, and some paper he wrote is that final seven years. But we know that's not true because what, what does that scripture tell us? It, it tells us that he shall confirm a covenant with many for one seven. Like we've talked about before, the word confirm there, when you look it up in the Strongs, it means to agree with or to make stronger. So what do we have right now? Remember... Uh, what, t two months ago, we had Saudi Arabia and other Arab communities come together. They called themselves stakeholders in Israel. Mm -hmm. They met with the UN and they talked about the peace process, but they eliminated Israel and Palestine from coming to those meetings. So you've got the many already sitting there. Many have already made the agreement. Saudi Arabia is still talking with Biden saying, after this war, we will continue the talks of peace with Israel. And help Palestine come to the table after even after this horrible war. Well, that's exactly what we have seen in Scripture for a long time, that the sixth trumpet war would happen, which is what we think this could be, what others call World War III. We call the sixth trumpet war. One-third of mankind will be killed. The four angels are loose from the great river Euphrates. Uh, there will be a 200-million-man army. All those things uh, could take place because, like we said at the earlier part of the program today, Iran is pulling all these different fashions of uh, the Muslim community together, trying to, to tighten that ring of fire around Israel and to attack Israel and to t attack the United States. Well, now we've heard that this Wagner group is getting involved in it. We've heard that Turkey is wanting to get involved with it. Yemen's wanting to get involved with it. So this thing is growing in momentum every day. So we believe this could be that six trumpet war. And we even have people saying after this conflict's over, remember Biden and Macron both said last week in interviews that we need to build uh, on the back of this, that it, we can never go back to status quo of Israel the way it was, but we need to build a peace agreement at the end of this war. So everybody's talking about the peace agreement. 
That's what we've always seen coming from that sixth trumpet war. It would usher in the Antichrist, that he would bring peace for seven years. In the middle of that seven years, he would stop the animal sacrifices, and he would set up the abomination of desolation. Great tribulation would start. And then at the end of the great tribulation is when Jesus returns, we're raptured, and the battle of Armageddon takes place. So you're That's saying this battle. This is not Ezekiel 38. This right. is not the battle of Armageddon. Right. But it could be the sixth trumpet war. Right. As a result of your belief in that and all the proof that you've provided, when we hear something like Hezbollah threatens Israel that if they don't stop the war in Gaza by 3 p.m. tomorrow, which is is what we're hearing, right? I think 7, 7 a.m. Central Time yeah. is what, what time that is, that there's going to be consequences. Yeah. So you're not hearing all the noise going, I'm looking for the return of the Lord. Right. You're going, okay... I've got to look at what the Sixth Trumpet War says, right. which means a third of mankind will die. We've taught for a long time it's going to be the entrance ramp to the Antichrist, could lead to this peace deal between Israel and the Arabs. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're looking for right now, it sounds like. Yes, and and that's what this could possibly turn into. Now, there's always a chance, Vince, that God will slam the brakes on things. I mean, he's done it before uh, with peace agreements before. We thought Bill Clinton was going to usher in this peace agreement years, years ago with the Oslo Accords, and God slammed the brakes on because it wasn't time yet. Uh, we thought when, when Trump initiated the Abraham Accord that it was going to be the peace treaty. God slammed the brakes on it. Well, Trump's that we, out. That Biden's one specifically... In had four of the five elements that the Bible says to look for. Absolutely. That fifth one was roughly mentioned, but not quite directly. Yeah, absolutely. And so we're close. We are getting closer and closer. And so that's why it appears that this war could easily turn into that six trumpet war. And we could wake up tomorrow and seven o'clock in the morning, the Middle East could look very different than it does right now. What do you think is going to happen? Any any gut feeling? I, I really don't. I really don't think anything will happen because I think that a lot of times we just see a lot of talk. Uh, but with that talk, sometimes there there is action. So it's it's going to depend on both sides. It's going to depend on how Israel reacts to that threat and how much Hezbollah has backing from other nations. Well, this is not Ezekiel 38. I guess we'll be giving you an update about what Hezbollah has done tomorrow right here on the show so make sure that you are tuned in tomorrow at 3 p.m central time for that update also don't forget to go to watch.endtime.com and endtime.com and you can participate in thousands of hours of content that's made available totally free there from generous partners like yourself there's many people that give at endtime.com slash give every single month Uh, you can go there and sign up to be a partner today we appreciate it so much all right we'll see you right back here tomorrow at 3 p.m central time